for episode two of our podcast. Yay! Yay! There were hand gestures and everything. So before we start, we have our little disclaimer. I started last time. Ah, I get to start? Okay. Yay! We're not doctors. We're not psychologists. The only degree we hold is librarianship. So please take this into consideration when listening to our podcast. We do not take responsibility for any of the choices you make after listening to this podcast. This is purely for entertainment purposes only. And side note, we don't have two heads. Boom, boom. Most important part of our disclaimer. (laughs) Okay, so today... We have our lovely friend Arden. More hand gestures. (laughs) Who's coming to talk to us about their practice? I am. I'm getting distracted by cats while I'm at it. Because there will be distractions in this episode. We can't live without cats for sure. What we said uh, that we would do last time Hmm. was have a bit of a weather report. We did. So, is there anything you would like to talk about the weather? No. I guess the only thing I would want to mention is that bushfire season has started for us here in Tasmania, which mm-hmm. fell over Beltane. It did. We've had bushfires in Tassie already. Which is... Very early for us. Yeah. Yeah. Unusually. Well, not unusually. It is the start of the season, but it's like... It's right at right the start, start of the season. season. <laughs> um, so, you know, we had to celebrate a fire festival without fire and so i feel that the most respectful way that you can celebrate fire is to ban it because you respect it that much (laughs) yeah so (laughs) that's our weather report i think i think so i love it (laughs) let's get into the interview i think okay arden tell us a little bit about yourself Okay, well, I did have all the notes written down, but I've left those at home, so I'm just going to wing it from here on out. You're as prepared as me. I know, isn't oh, it amazing? <laughs> uh, right, a little bit about me. Uh, hi, I'm Arden. I've been practicing for, I say practicing, I've been theorizing for quite a number of years, and there's not really all that much to say about me. I grew up in the bush. Yeah, That's about it. <laughs> That's very exciting. That's as exciting as I get. You're Tasmanian born and bred? Uh, yes. My parents, one of them wasn't, so I escaped the inevitable two-head question by just saying I'm only half Tassie. It's okay. I'm only half discount Australian. (laughs) (laughs) Slightly discounted. 25% off. (laughs) Oh, no. That makes me worry about myself. Um, so whereabouts did you, um, start with your path? Like, you know, when was it that you started to realize that you were? I think I really, like the realization kind of came a lot further on from the study of it, mostly because I got introduced to witchcraft and paths and belief systems of sort when I was about 10 years old by someone who thought it was really cool and that they could be very cool if they were into witchcraft. And then she didn't stick with it and I kind of just did. (laughs) And I absorbed it and I was like, wow, this is all really interesting. And just kept going with it um, through, on and off through high school, through university, and now to where I am today, which is... Yeah, old. That seems to be a theme with our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about being old. We too. did. Yeah. 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 It's all those quarter life crises. Yeah. yeah. Heading towards the next 
Why? <laughs> <laughs> None of us know when we're going to die. That's I right. reserve the right to have a half a midlife crisis whenever I want. I feel that's um, absolutely you. fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, were you the kind of kid that saw fairies or mixed potions? Or <laughs> I was the kind of kid who would get out of the house and then find like a hollow in like a bush and just kind of sit in it. Uh huh. Which was very distressing for my parents because they're like, where have you gone? We're in the middle of the bush. <laughs> we could, you could go anywhere. I was also the kid that if my tree, because I had a tree on mm. the property, if mm. my tree got either hit by lightning or something happened to it, I would cry. Oh. I would cry a lot. It was awful. Um, seeing things and kind of talking to fairies and brewing potions, not so much. Yeah. Just because it was pretty much in the middle of the east coast of Tassie, and there was like there wasn't a whole lot of resources for me to even really get into an understanding of it, like when yeah. I started yeah. at mm-hmm. like ten, mm-hmm. let alone anything else. But I did go and just kind of sit <laughs> in the bush a lot, <laughs> contemplate nature. Yeah, even as a little kid. Yeah, you you sort of started quite organically then. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was very much a oh, look, how cool is this stuff and we could be witches and then she kind of kind of faded off and like, oh, no, it's not real and now I just kind of kept going. So the starting point is for most people was, I think, was... Hey, excuse me. Excuse me. She's getting kidding. eaten by a cat. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fine. That's why um, we're once bitten, twice witch. Yeah. yeah. Cat's bite. Um, I think the kind of starting point of paths in general was like for most people with Wicca yeah. um, because there's a lot more resources. Yeah, for I was going to say easily accessible for you. Yeah, yeah, everything kind of falls under the Wicca umbrella, especially back when I was looking at it first. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much the start of where mm. I started looking into actual practice and actual beliefs and faith and yeah. that kind of stuff. Because back then Google was uh, unreliable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and dial-up was a thing. Uh, <laughs> that was even more unreliable. <laughs> dial-up. Yep. Uh, so any standout moments when you were a kid? Something that, you know, interactions with your tree or anything like that that really made you go, oh, wow, there's something other? Uh, there was one in particular really kind of frightening incident where um, I was quite young and I was walking through our house and the house that I grew up in had all these glass sliding doors and for some reason I looked back to the front door that was also glass sliding and saw an apparition of like a skull like kind of floating and I just kind of freaked out and ran straight into the bedroom I was already terrified of the dark and turning around and seeing that I was like oh god just like piss bolted into the into the lounge room um but apart from that there were a few times, like, very specific instances where I felt like something bad was going to happen, like, a day or two before it actually did. Um, And sometimes it was quite specific. Um, As we all do, we kind of go, oh, that's nothing, and you push it away, and it started coming back more recently. So the more recent kind of example that I can give was I got very paranoid one day that my car handbrake wasn't on. I checked it three or four times, and I was like, oh, it's, it's on, it's fine. But I just kept getting really paranoid that it wasn't on and that something was going to happen and my car was going to roll into the garage. 
cut to the next day when my friend, my housemate, was driving my car and we started getting out of the car and the car started rolling forward because he hadn't put the handbrake on. Uh. <laughs> I was like... Uh. <laughs> it was those kinds of little bits of, not necessarily prophecy, but intuition. Yeah. I was like... Yeah, yeah. There's something different. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah, and that was it until I was about in high school and then there was some things on a trip that I took with my class that were just kind of a little bit insane. And I was like, ah, I'm either crazy or <laughs> this other thing's happening here. Yeah. And it sounds like you went with the or. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a I'll lot. It shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think I'm crazy. I mean, yeah, it's too. kind of a and at this point. <laughs> I'm crazy and, and there's other things happening. But not about this particular thing. No, just in general. So how has your path changed since you started, obviously, with Wicker and up till now so um it's changed quite dramatically um like i said started with wicca which is very accessible but didn't like the ceremonial part of it didn't quite gel with me it seemed to be so restrictive of something that was supposed to be so free yeah and like but that's how you kind of go about a lot of things if you want to practice with a group which i did in high school you just kind of go with what's the most readily available, what the majority of people can do. And then going, kind of going away from that was a big decision. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially so, if you were still a teenager, like yeah. leaving a group's quite... Yeah, I had to, because we had a group at my high school and I was the one of the eldest people in the group. So when I left, they had to take over. Uh, um, and there yeah. wasn't many people in my mm. college who really mm. did that at all. Yeah. So went back to a solitary practice until I got to high school, uh, until I got to university, yeah, and uh, met like-minded people of a sort through a very unrelated <laughs> club. <laughs> <laughs> Someone what, walked up to me. <laughs> what club was this? Hey, <laughs> oh. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> Definitely wasn't someone in this room that walked up to me and went, "Is that Scott Cunningham?" <laughs> and I wouldn't do that. No, <laughs> and me as a I think it was, I was about 20 at the time, like, nervous, didn't, had never really been in a part of society or club before. I was like, yes, <laughs> you know, yeah, I love you. Okay. I was so nervous the entire time. <laughs> uh, you do that a lot, don't you? You adopt yeah, people. I yeah. do. It's, it's something I do. I don't mean to. I just am observant sometimes. <laughs> In the best way. When it comes to books. Hence the librarian. But yeah, so I went from that and kind of took a step away from it and started looking at things that weren't as associated or specifically associated with Wicca. So I looked through like Druidry and looked through Shamanism and a couple of other things um, and then went away for seven months. And when I came back, started looking through more of my ancestral stuff and kind of like confronted with a few things because I've got very it's very weak but I do have um Indian heritage I started looking through things like Hinduism and then went I feel like I'm stealing (laughs) let's not (laughs) the other three or however much of me that isn't Indian is pretty much the people who suppressed India so is is this me going back to my roots or is it me doing what my ancestors did yeah and it just became very very uncomfortable so i slid away from that very quickly and started looking through things that didn't necessarily weren't necessarily entirely 
accurately my heritage. Yeah. Um, because mm. I have no idea where the rest of my European heritage came from. Somewhere in Germany, somewhere in Ireland, somewhere in England, maybe. <laughs> Not entirely sure. And so I started looking through things like Norse, and that just kind of hit. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Norse, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of where you're sitting now. So do you yeah. identify as heathen, or...? Kind, I kind of go along the lines of a green heathen. Yeah, oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah? Because I like to focus on the natural side of witchcraft and the green side of witchcraft, but put a lot of my faith into the Nordic traditions uh-huh. okay. um, yeah. and things like that. And reading a lot of stuff about it, it's more to what I personally would have as a belief system anyway. Yeah. Um, of course, you can't just open a book of law from the Viking era and mm. go, ah, oh, yes, I agree with everything, because I kind of go, women are untrustworthy. What? <laughs> but... I'm ignoring that part. Yeah. It's like, um, <laughs> okay, that part, we're just going to... You know what? We know that's untrue. <laughs> and this is old. And this it's is a while it's ago. fine. <laughs> like, they had different ideas then. Yeah. Just, this was then. This is a representation of the cultural and historical context of the time of writing, I can take this with a grain of salt. Many. Many. <laughs> like, for example... Like a beach. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, it's fine to look at the wisdoms and go, oh, yeah, this is fine. But at the same time, I can't kill someone and then go and admit it and be completely scot-free. That's not how the law works today. <laughs> Fortunately, I think. <laughs> It's like, oh, here, I will pay you the silver that your man was worth. We're good now. Mm, don't think so. But a lot of the base kind of underlying yeah. principles are fairly consistent. Yeah. 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 And do you, are you very open about your, your practice? Or? I am. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time it's less open about the details of it and more just that I am of an alternative faith to the uh, majority. But I don't mind talking to people about it. I've got very supportive friends who are of all kinds of faiths, um, very supportive housemates who really don't care when I start leaving my stuff all through the lounge room, yeah. which I shouldn't do, but I do it anyway, yeah. <laughs> especially when my housemate's Muslim girlfriend is coming over and I should really clear up all my witchy books, but I don't. Because <laughs> I'm a terrible housemate. But also... There's worse things you can yeah. leave. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like, yeah... Yeah, leaving books around. That's fine. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's okay. We've got on the shelf like things about Sharia law and the Mormon, like the Book of Mormon and a Bible and the Quran and stuff. So it's it's, yeah, it's fine. We understand things. I think that's really important. Like yeah. having that understanding between different ideas and and respect and mm, definitely. Yeah. And that yeah. you found a group of people yeah. who obviously there's a mixture yeah. of and different okay. faiths and they're all cool. Like, yeah. That's pretty awesome. One of my best friends is a very devout Baptist who's trained or going into training to do his Masters wow. of Divinity so he can become a pastor at his church um, and get put on the payroll and stuff. So, But he and I have very interesting conversations and we agree to disagree on a lot of things and quite often... If he goes to church on a Sunday and I've seen him the day before, I'll tell him to say hi to Jesus for me and he'll call me a filthy heathen and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's a great relationship. I love it. Sounds very understanding. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's really nice because there's so many times that there's just intolerance to other people's ideas in all communities, including our own. Yeah, so yeah definitely. I think, um, I think that's really fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of the things that 
that we really were to talk to you about was the non-binary aspect mm. to your practice. Yeah. Mm. And how how has that influenced what you do? Um, I think being non-binary and kind of coming out, not just to myself, but to the rest of the community as being non-binary and on the trans spectrum, was part of the the driving force that got me to look away from Wicca in the first place. Yeah. Um, because a lot of Wicca and a lot of witchcraft, especially the ceremonial type, is very um, feminine-based. And in it was fine while I was kind of experimenting and experiencing new things and kind of deciding what I believed in. But after a while, it became almost not – it wasn't ever a toxic environment, but it was an environment where I felt like I didn't have the permission to – look into and practice with the more masculine aspects of the craft Mm. yeah um so very like there are celebrations of people who do die any quicker which is great and Mm. i appreciate that there is a space that is needed for the feminine in spirituality because it's been so lacking for so long and it's stupid but to the way that it was being portrayed to me the way that it was being practiced in many respects was almost um, excluding the masculine ideal and the, yeah. the masculine energy of the, the universe, which I felt threw things a little bit out of balance. And for me, the balance of feminine and masculine is quite important because I don't mm. feel fall on either side of the spectrum and I can understand where people would go, I'm definitely a man, so I'll work with male energy, or I'm definitely yeah. a female, I'll work with yeah. feminine energy. But it just wasn't practical for me to go either one way or the other it felt Mm. like I was neglecting a part of me so that kind of partly took me away from Wicca and also it kind of partly while I don't want to say I respect him because that's probably the right wrong word it made me relate a little bit more to the tricksters um and changing identity specifically Loki and it was yeah which is never a fun thing to say to, <laughs> to heathens. They're just like, what? Excuse me? A Lokian? Get out. I'm not a Lokian. But it was something that I found in a lot of the Norse lore is that it wasn't particularly... It, it wasn't exactly raised up on a platform and said, you should do this. Mm. But it wasn't punished by death. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like Thor who, you know, dresses in uppers uh, freya yeah. like you know that there's just so many yeah yeah and, and it's like not a big deal it's just that was the thing like um, yeah, that and, was what was happening at that yeah point. yeah and loki who would literally shapeshift to yes. be whatever um mm. and then there was freya who is the guardian of women of all things yeah um and who's i think it was i read somewhere whose priests w- used to wear um, belts of bells that was that made a very unmanly sound but he's still such a prominent figure in the especially the modern heathenry um especially the reconstructions and stuff he's such a prominent figure and such a popular deity mm. but he's very popular kind of as a not so toxically masculine man for like lgbt people mm but also as an idol for straight men and a lover for straight women. Yeah, yeah. He kind of branches out over a lot of the different part, portions of society. Mm. And through there are lots and lots of articles about homosexuality and heathenry and things like that. And it seems that the general consensus was never necessarily on 
the gender of the two people engaging with each other. It was the position of who was being engaged with. <sighs> Isn't that so important? Uh, <laughs> so, like, if it was two women, pff, who cares? Because yeah. they're, they're the same status anyway. Yeah. But it was showing status and um, dom- domination over the other person. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you were the one in on the lower end of the status spectrum, then it was kind of disre- disrespecting you in a way. Yeah. Mm. But it was all about status, which isn't the same in today's yeah. society. Yeah. So mm. why would the gods care? Yeah. Mm. It's not the same. It's very much more about love and respect and yeah. relationship yeah. than it is about who is more dominant in society than who. Yeah. So yeah. For that, we have to get into politics, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay away from politics, that's for sure. Oh, dear. Um, okay. Yeah. And so do you find that you don't follow that ritualized structure at all, or do you have your own sort of thing that you do? Or There's a bit of both. Like, it's yeah. a bit. it's a yeah. bit here and there. Mostly because I'm still getting out of the habit of theorizing and thinking and then thinking myself out of doing. Uh, Which is gosh, that's such a challenge. (laughs) Yeah. I I reckon a lot of witches identify like that. It's like, oh okay, I'll do this and then I'll do all these things and I'll prep them and then I'll second guess and then I'll overthink and then it just won't get done. Yeah. So Yeah. And though, and I mean, I'm very lazy. I don't know when the next full moon is. I probably will never know when the moon phases are. But it's... I look at my watch. I look at my app. Yeah. It's no, like, uh, I used to know because there used to be a YouTube series that came out every full moon, and every time there was a new episode, I was like, "Dang it, I missed it." So that was my reminder of next month. I'll definitely remember, and then I never did. So that was very good. But that is more of the. Um, the point of it is that I don't yeah. have a lot of ceremony in my life because I don't have a lot of, almost I don't have a lot of confidence in my ability to conduct ceremony. Sure. Okay. Um, which is something that needs to be worked on because confidence is key in a lot of things. But there will be times when I just kind of sit down and listen to music and drink some tea and do some readings and then pick up one of my books and read. And I consider mm. that part of my spiritual time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um. And then one of the things that's very kind of enticing about the Green Witch Path is that there isn't really all these sabbats and esbats and things that you have to do on this particular day, blah, blah, blah. It's more working with the earth and figuring out what you need to do from the earth at any particular point. So it's it's very free thinking, it's very free flowing, and you just kind of go with what is needed at that point instead of... Mm prepping it months and months in advance and then figuring it all out it's like oh my raspberries aren't doing very well i wonder what i need to do to fix that like yeah and drying them when they need to be and it's very in the moment yeah and you can do mm. it day to day and yeah. if it's raining outside on a particular day eh, we'll do it tomorrow instead of ah but today is the day that we were supposed to be doing all these things and now it's raining and we can't yeah mm. <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about doing something that speaks to your soul. Mm, yeah. And, like, you can try and fit your life into, you know, how it should, and I say that with quotes, yeah. like, you know, like, how it should look, but really it's all about 
what you get out of it and what it means to you and yeah how you feel and if you have a relationship with your plants and they speak to you and they speak to your soul then that's fantastic yeah. like and they don't just have to speak to your soul on the full moon no, no. <laughs> that's true they can speak to your soul at any at time, any time. And if, that's, if that's what works for you then you just have to don't have to, but that's what you go with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And believe me, I speak to them back. It's usually shouting. <laughs> Why do you stop? Grow better. <laughs> or, What's wrong with you? Specifically, why do you have so many aphids? <laughs> Where are they all coming from? You're on a balcony. <laughs> they, get, they don't get abused, but they do get a lot of questions. Like, how? How is this happening? Where did this come from? Why are you growing flowers? You're like... From the, your soil, you're just supposed to be a blueberry bush. They weren't there last year. For some reason, that made me think of Jurassic Park, where you know we've got like life will find a way. <laughs> so, does that mean she'll be growing dinosaurs? Oh, yes. please! I could find some snapdragons. That's close enough. <laughs> Aphid eating dinosaurs. Yes, that's absolutely. what you need. Um, so what are some of your areas of interest that you want to explore, like, in the future? Um, at the minute I'm looking, really wanting to look into, um, working more with the, what the Nordic, um, tradition called land whites. Uh So whites were, um, kind of the spirits, or if you compare it to Shintoism, it's like the kami that everything has. It's like, everything has a particular spirit or... Um, a group of spirits that take care of that area or that particular thing. So my goal that I haven't been able to do until recently, and this is a very, very recent goal, is to start working with them with the the traditional land spirits uh-huh. um, of Tassie, which until now felt extraordinarily disrespectful. It Can relate. F- yeah. Can relate. <laughs> um, because it felt like if I were to go out and try and do it, that I would be just another settler-born person yep. trying to overtake or use for my own the traditions of the First Nations people, yeah. which I didn't want to be. I didn't yeah. want to do that. It's no. the reason that I stopped looking into Hinduism. I don't want to be – I don't yep. want to continue a cycle that is – Has been going that. on and on and on. Yeah. yeah. Like the the entire history of Tasmania is so full of that kind of um, – exploitation that I don't want to be part of a cycle that Mm. is continuous. I want to help stop it. But in studying more of the Norse traditions and the Norse beliefs and things like that, I feel like I'm getting to the point where I can go and honour them in a way that is part of my tradition but is respectful to them. So I'm not taking from them. I'm not taking what they did. I'm not taking the culture of the native people but I am still paying my respect to the land on which they have lived for 60,000 years mm. and that I live on as a part of Tasmanian culture modernly. So mm. that's something that I really, really would like to start looking into and working more with. And yeah. it's something that every time I get antsy, I just go, oh, I want to go on a bushwalk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's always kind of spoken to me, but I've never wanted to look into it because I was afraid of being what I didn't want to be. Oh, yeah. So related to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad for you. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm very happy. And then mm. eventually I'd like to either find or start a group for kindred spirits. 
because I think there have been groups that I've disagreed with in the past yeah. that have formed in Tassie, which is fine. You don't have mm. to agree with me on everything. It's just mm. not people that I want to practice with. Yeah. Um, so to find people who are more on the side of the troth of very open and very inclusive heathenry rather than um, the Asatru Folk Assembly now that they call themselves, um, who are more ancestral-based and they're not so uh, LGBT friendly. Ah, mm. really? Yeah, they're, they're okay. a, a certain um, kind of two, two schools of thought in heathenry. And it's one that's very, um, you should do it because it's an ancestral religion. And it's an ancestral understanding. So if you have blood from there, that's mm. fine. If you don't, maybe find your own. And because ancestral belief and family ties are very important in heathenry, then if you're not able to naturally bear your descendants, or if you have no interest in doing that with within a nuclear family kind of understanding, then maybe it's, again, not for you, because kindred ties and things are very okay. interesting. Ignoring the whole blood kindred and blood brothers and kindred spirits and things that is very prominent in the law, yeah. including Loki to Odin. Um, and then there's the other... Uh, school of thought which is that if the old gods have called to you then they've called to you it doesn't matter what your your heritage or your race mm. or your orientation or anything is they've called to you for a reason yeah which is more my style of thinking because if it wasn't it would be kind of hypocritical <laughs> <laughs> so to to kind of go for more of a troth style yeah um kindred assembly would be a huge goal for probably a bit further in the future yeah. once I have more of an understanding of everything that I want before taking on such a big task. Yeah. It is really hard managing other people's thoughts and expectations yeah. in a group. Yeah. Because ultimately you do have to compromise on ideas mm. and and if you're not 100% certain on what your ideas are, that makes that hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's really exciting, though. Mm, um, it's a great aim. I guess one of the things, going back to the the land stuff, mm -hmm. which is what we talked about in our last one, so I won't hey. say too much. I think living here, we absolutely have the opportunity to go out and talk with the land spirits as who we are, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and learn about them ourselves without looking up or finding out about the history. Like, obviously knowing a little bit can help. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I too worry about stepping on toes that yeah. I shouldn't be stepping on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. It's not cute. I mean, we don't want to do that. No, <laughs> not, not at all. No. So, yeah, I love that, being out in nature and... and finding your own associations. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's the most important thing is the intention behind it. Um, yeah. As long as your intention is to be respectful of the the spirits of that place and of the ancestors who have gone before, yeah, the methodology in which you do it is less important one in the honouring of them. So, the fact that you're not doing it the same as their ancestors or their descendants would be doing modern day or twenty thousand mm. years ago, it doesn't necessarily um, impact it all that much on the honouring and the, the respect that you're paying them. Mm. It just means that you're respecting them in a way that your culture 
kind of puts forth as appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we're kind of lucky being here that we do have the opportunity to, one, be really close to nature. Mm. We're so close. And, like, it's seriously, you go for a five-minute walk and you're out in nature. Like, yeah. there's no real big city. No. <laughs> Hobart is a very big, small town. <laughs> we pretend we're a city. No. You can walk five minutes and you're... You're not, down no the rivulet and you can be out in like not open nature or bush i suppose but the rivulet at the middle of hobart exactly yeah. knock lofties yeah know, walkable and do develop relationships with nature and associations like how many people have a relationship with mount wellington like yeah. putting the cable car on there there's so many people, people who are against it because they, they feel that like it's special it. yeah. yeah so yeah i think that that's definitely true we do have those associations in Mm. that way and i think as people who do follow a path that is very much based in nature understanding of nature worship in a way it's even more so important for us to kind of lead the way in that yeah and to show that we can be respectful and we can be we can practice in the the nature and the landscapes of tasmania without necessarily stepping on toes and trying to mm. take away something that or take for ourselves something that the first nations people are only just getting back yeah um it's really important for the pagan community to kind of be on the front line of that um, yeah absolutely mm. that's a really good point yeah so yeah i think it, it's really important to have those conversations and those mm. discussions yeah. yeah have these people that they can lead by example yeah yeah, yeah. And the more of us that are like it, the better. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Well, they were all our questions, but that doesn't mean that there's not other things that we can talk about. <laughs> and you were worried about being boring. Oh, my God, you're so interesting. No, yeah. Right. <laughs> you're flushing it. Also, for me personally, I don't – I want to know more about the Norse traditions and mm-hmm. don't know much. Yeah. Like, it's an area of one of the million billion that I'd like to look into. <laughs> there are so many out there that you know? just kind of – dive into and it's yeah. like where do I start and then you dive into one and it's like oh wow there's all these other things associated with it and so I'll spend the next 20 years looking at this and then oh oh yeah these other things that I thought about like 20 years ago yeah yeah so academic <laughs> study pagans yeah yeah pagans that are spiritual by certificate because all we ever do is read <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> for me now it's all I ever do is listen to podcasts <laughs> Not even reading anymore, it's terrible. Uh, I try very hard to read on my days off. Smashed through a book yesterday. And I, I was struggling at 9pm being like, I'm going to finish this. I've only got 50 pages left. Whoa. But I, I said I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, reading is, it takes up so much effort and time now when everything just seems to be going at such a fast pace. Yeah. 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 It's like you're either doing your work or you're trying to catch up with friends or you're like, it feels like you can't necessarily have a fan or it's very, very difficult to have a a really good balance of spiritual study and work and socialization. It is a real, like a real struggle. Like lots of people talk about how, you know, their pagan practices in every part of their life and they, (laughs) yeah. And I just think, oh my God, like. I would have to be really consciously thinking about it every single day yeah. for it to... Every moment. At the time, I'm, like, trying to, like, get out the door and yeah. <laughs> get to work. The lifestyle in and of itself doesn't necessarily have active practice in it. That's right, yeah. It has active belief, sure, absolutely, and yeah. the faith is part of it, but 
So I feel like so is whenever someone says that they're sick, being like, I know a tincture for that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've got a sore throat. Mm, You should be taking some garlic (laughs) or ginger. And just, you know, it's the, the knowledge and the, the faith is really important on a daily basis, but the actual practice of it and being actively doing things that help and um, work into your practice, I feel like it's not necessarily mandatory on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, there's actually a part, and I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but there's a part in the Havamal where Odin actually says, it is better not to pray than to give too many gifts. Ah. Um, because a gift requires a gift in return. Yeah. So it's better not to say anything than to give out of proportion. Yeah. Ah. So it's basically call on them and do practice and do active things in your path when you need them. Yeah. Don't do it kind of flippantly or without cause. Without a proper intention. Yeah. I mean, you can sit down of a morning and chat to your gods. That's yeah. fine. Mm. But praying to them and sacrificing to them every day when you don't actually need anything in return, while you might find it flattery, they're kind of looking to do something for you in return. It's almost forcing their hand to do something when you don't need anything. Uh, is kind of the, the thought process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I appreciate because not only am I lazy, I don't like doing things without reason. I feel like if yeah. you're going to practice and if you're going to do ceremony or ritual or sacrifice, that it should be for a particular thing. Yeah. It's not just, hi, I'm here again, here is some more honey. Yeah. yeah. Hello, I'm going to go look at now. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's a particular thing. Being pagan, being heathen, being part of these paths is that you work your own path and you only ask for what's necessary. Mm. You're, you're, uh, and you're not even asking for things to be given to you. It's the strength to do something or yeah. the courage to do something. You're asking for aspects of the gods that they can lend to you or they can boost that you already have. So, so then you can do the thing. Yeah. yeah. So to just ask them every day for a different thing is a little bit... Not necessarily wasteful, but I can think that if someone knocked on my door every day asking for a cup of sugar, like... Go right. buy your own damn sugar. Yeah, <laughs> throw the bag at them eventually. Yeah, it's like, here you go, just stop I bothering. I got you a 20 kilo bag, see yeah. you in a month. Here is something really big, or you just stop answering the door. Yeah, true. That's so, true, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. It was interesting because um, Hannah mentioned in the last podcast about being grateful for what mm. you have, and um, I did didn't I? <laughs> I have such a memory for weird things. That's good. Because I do not. <laughs> you know, that sometimes it can be seen as taking all the time without actually just being thankful. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's really important, at least to me personally, to only call upon those that I need when I need them. Yeah. Um, so if there is something like, if there is ever a court battle, Tyr is going to be the first one I go to and be like, excuse me, I need some help right now. But it's things like, and I did read a little bit about, um, for example, a symbol, which is a, a ritual where people go around and they um, either ask something of the gods or they, they hail the gods or various things like that. And some people would say things like, my husband's going to war, he's part of the army reserves, I'm asking for them to bring him back to me. 
mm. um, with his honor intact. Sometimes yeah. it's not even with all of his limbs because that's less important in some um, in some relationships than just coming home. Yeah, with and having mental faculties yeah, yeah. mostly intact yeah yep. so doing things like that or um you know blessing and thanking um people for a scholarship or mm. i've been accepted into this so i'm asking for um guidance through my studies or yep. you yeah. know those kinds of things when they're big things and you want help with them absolutely ask and absolutely mm. do your ritual and give your sacrifice and yeah hail the gods and hail the gods in most things mm. but don't do it just for, you know, don't call on the goddess of healing if you've got a paper cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know. They hurt, though. <laughs> they do hurt. We need a band-aid. <laughs> <the goddess>. yeah. <laughs> Come kiss it better, please. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like saving it. Like, you don't want to use up all your yeah. insurance on small things. Yeah. 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 And when you claim too much on your insurance, your premiums go up. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, <laughs> so you have to pay for it yeah. more. So that's exactly. a good analogy. That is a really good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's an interesting thing because it seems to be sometimes people going for like almost devotion to the gods, mm. and you know, I'm I have to. It's almost like worship. I have to worship every day, or I have to do a meditation and think about my patron goddess every day or every week, or at certain times like but every single time even if you don't need anything from them mm. but from what you've just said that's not something that happens in either personally for you or it certainly doesn't seem to be something that is common at least from what i've read um in the heathen faith yes. of... yeah, that's where i was going yeah i wasn't sure if that was quite correct but it, yeah, cool. yeah it seems yeah. to be relatively um or more widespread that people well, yeah, well, pray mm. or, mm. you know, give give thanks to the gods or hail them. Mm, mm, mm. But you're not going to ask every day for something. For something. Yeah. It's not necessary, especially considering our own, almost like where we are as part and parcel of the weird or the fate that we have been assigned almost. There's a belief that at birth you're given a particular like you are engineered at birth to be where you are yeah given and a then, set of circumstances yep and then yep. the layers that kind of fold on top of your life circumstances come from your own decisions and you can definitely ask the gods to change your circumstances mm-hmm. but whether or not those changes happen is also equally up to your own autonomy in your mm-hmm. life so being able to do things for yourself is in a way, honouring the gods that gave you the things that you have. So the gods that gave you courage, that gave you strength, that gave you um, your compassion, Mm. using them by yourself is almost, in a way, honouring and worshipping them because that's using the gifts that you've already been given. Mm. So it's very much more of a, you know, every day I could go outside and I sit with my plants and I could talk to one of the gods or I could go down to the sea and stand with my feet in the water and talk to Njord, but... Mm. It's not necessarily me making a ceremony or a sacrifice or a ritual out of it. It's more a friendship than a devotion, which is very important to a lot of heathens is the friendship and Mm -hmm. the relationship rather than a higher lower. Yeah, higher lower power. They're just there in a sort of different way and you talk to them. Yeah. And if they've called on you, then they've called on you for a reason. Mm. So while it is kind of a master 
um, student relationship, mm-hmm. it's still friendship and it's still a relationship rather than a king and a serf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember, this is a little bit off topic, but it does relate for me. Like, that's all really, like, that's really interesting, really cool. Because when one of my, I suppose, patronesses, one of my goddesses came forward, one of the things she said was, I I said to her, oh, so you want me to be like a priestess for you? Or, you know, I was trying to figure out what she wanted. And she she was grumpy about that. She didn't like any of the terms I used. And in the end, she settled on daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. So kind of more what you were saying, like a, a friend, almost friendship. Yeah. And that was what she was getting at, I think. And that's part of what your interpretation will say of their heathen beliefs. Yeah, definitely. That's really interesting for me. Yeah. After having that experience, that's really interesting. It kind of makes more sense. You're yeah. Like, oh, it's like, oh, you know. okay, that's where she was going. Right. Okay. Thank yeah. you. It's just one of those things where you kind of come across something like that one day and you go, oh, suddenly everything ah, makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. And it flows much better with how mm. I've been doing it, mm. even though books say that I should be doing it this way and I should be lighting the candle every day and praying and what have you. It's like, yeah. no, or I could just make my cup of coffee, go sit in the lounge room, and if my cats do something stupid, speaking to the goddess Freya and being like, really? <laughs> this is what yeah. we have to deal with? Are yours always like this? Yes, because you've got yes, two of them. <laughs> it's like, you've got two of them as well. Are yours just as dumb as mine are? <laughs> And she would say yes, I think, because all cats are... <laughs> Doesn't matter if they pull a golden chariot or if they chase, like, a laser pointer. They're all very similar. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like if you can get cats to pull a chariot, you're doing something pretty special. Like, yeah. Like, she's a goddess for a reason. See, that's the difference. Hers do pull the chariot. They don't mine, just chase the laser pointer. Hers pull the chariot. Mine, if you put a harness on them, they follow. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, falling over trick when something gets put on you. Yeah. Since we've mentioned books, do you have some favourites? Uh, mm. At the minute, I'm reading through um, a lot of Diana Paxson, and that's been really, really interesting. Before that, there were things like uh, The Green Witch by, oh God, I can't remember her name. It's Murphy something. Um, uh, Hiscock? Yes. Murphy yeah. Hiscock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking for her book on The House Witch, which would be, it also focuses more on the half. Which is, it's such a really good read and it's so pleasing on the eyes. The brown print and the like green at the front, it's just so relaxing yeah. to look at instead of the starkness. It's just so nice to read. She's got um, at the front of the book the green that's in the cover, and I remember this from college, is actually the, the right shade of green to rest eyes against. Mm-hmm. So if your eyes are becoming stra- strained, you can actually turn to the front where the green is and, and look gaze at it. at it for a while, and that actually calms the and soothes the eyes from a strain mm-hmm. so having that at the front after you've read for two hours is amazing yeah <laughs> you yeah, just yeah. kind of go oh, okay now this is good this is now yeah. a healing aid yeah. as well as a book that i want to read um and there's the illustrated herbiary which comes with the oracle card oh which yes you showed that by to maya me. toll i think it is. yeah i think that's how you pronounce her name and she's just come out with a bestiary that i want to get my hands on mm-hmm. <laughs> it got suggested to me on um booktopia and i was like ooh, ooh. <laughs> As soon as I think I saw it just after it, like two days after it had come out, and I went and tapped my fiance on the shoulder and I'm like, Christmas? And he went, Yeah, okay. And like, Christmas. And just wandered off again, like the goblin I am. <laughs> Have to click all the pretty shiny. <laughs> but yeah, I've been reading a lot of Diane Paxson, including her articles online for yeah. um, things like homosexuality and heathenry. It was mm. really, really an interesting read. Um, and a few of the other things like worshipping the gods and um, her. 
her articles are just really fascinating, kind of shorter mm. reads than slogging through a book in a day like I did. Um, yeah, that's a lot to take in. Her book Odin is very heavy yeah. as well, so slogging through that in a day is not something I'll be able to do. It's something that I will be able to go back to because the purpose of the book is to go from cover to cover, read it through first, and then go back through chapter by chapter and do what the practices yeah. do the works and the practices to get close to Odin like once a month. Ah, oh, cool. Um, I love things and, like that. Yeah. Give me a course of study any day. I'm determined to get through this book because mm. there is a piece of advice that I got given right at the beginning of my um, of my path in Norse paganism, mm-hmm. which came from a lovely grandfather called Peter. Mm-hmm. And he's just gorgeous. Um, he was down at a... Uh, like the medieval renaissance fair that we yeah. was held like two or three years ago yeah and he was doing rune readings and so i sat down with him and i said am i on the right path and two runes later he's like yes <laughs> <laughs> and i was like okay <laughs> like he kind of pulled one out he's like yeah no you are hold on pulled the second one and went yeah no differently and i was like okay that's a very clear sign when yeah you do. and he was like yes it's fine you're on the right path um and he'd said that without knowing what path I was on. And when I, when he kind of said, do you mind if I ask what path you're looking for or what path you're going on? I said, oh, I'm starting to look into Norse paganism. He went, oh, like I am. He looked at me and he said, I've got some advice for you. I went, okay. <laughs> and he went, do not be afraid of Odin. Okay. And I started to walk away thinking, why would I be afraid of Odin? And then I did some reading on Odin, and I got terrified. I was like, oh no, <laughs> no, no, you keep away. But that advice has stuck with me of yeah. do not be afraid of him. Yeah. He's a very terrifying character, but don't necessarily be afraid of him. Yeah. Be willing to work with him. He'll ask a lot from you yeah. if you're willing to work with him, but the reward that you'll get is just as great. Yeah. So that's kind of why I've been keen on getting through this book and trying my best to slog through it and then go back and do some of the the readings and the the practices and yeah. things like that to try and kind of get more connected with that aspect of heathenry who is very important but is also very terrifying and not something that a beginner is necessarily willing to dive straight into. I've been really wanting to read that book. Mm. Um, it's on my wish list. Yeah. So it's very good so I've far. Read one of her other books, so The Essential Subject. Yeah, that's yeah. also really really good. Yeah, very easy to go through, which is nice. I did find it quite a good read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there are ones by. There is one small one by DJ Conway, which is who did a Celtic magic mini book and has also done a Norse magic mini book. Yeah. Um, which is very dense. Like, it's very small, but it's dense. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very much, um, I think it was written in, I want, don't quote me on this, but I think it was the 80s. Uh-huh. So it's very much in the written style of the 80s and ceremonial, very, this is how you do the thing. Of, yeah, right. Like, style of the 80s. Yeah. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if you're looking for instruction on how to do something. If you want to get but started. If you're, yeah, yeah, but if you're a little bit more like, I want to do it this yeah. way. Yeah. You know. That's that's the one of the nice things about being pagan is that we do, we can, if we want to, we can pick a mix, yeah. read something <laughs> and interpret it our own way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We can get very eclectic with things, which is yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. 
because no one can ever be the authority on your practice but you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important. I, I really miss that when I first started practicing. Like, I really, I remember, like, getting on those Yahoo chat groups oh. and people were really mean on those groups yeah. and they'd yeah. tell you you were wrong all the time if you thought something and... And so, like, just I, if you thought something, anything. Yeah, that's anything. true, actually. And like, when you're young and impressionable, it it does leave an impact. Like, yep. it took me a long time to work through that crap. Like, mm, yeah. yeah it, so, I think it's so important. There are elitists in every culture. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't matter where you are. And I think a lot of pagans, some pagans, come to it from a structured religion, so from yeah. a monotheistic religion. So you used to. For me, it was Catholicism. So you went to church every Sunday. There was the hierarchy, the Trinity. Men only men could be priests. I wanted to be an altar boy when I was young. Before it was scary. Yeah, and I was devastated. Well, it was always scary. It was always scary. But I wanted to be an altar boy, and there weren't yeah. girls. Girls couldn't do it. So we used to, some of us who come into this are really used to that structure. So yeah, you do go into the yeah. groups and you read the books, and it's like ah. Oh, this structure, this structure, it's familiar. Yeah. And then after a while, you step back from that and go, well, actually, hmm. it's rather wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Which is great. But I think, Doctor Who right now. <laughs> I think that's, that's kind of where Wicca, as a kind of religion more than a spirituality, yeah. really stands up is mm. that it has the support structures for yeah. people who are more used to organized religions yeah and it's a great one to continue with if that's what you yeah. feel like doing exactly but definitely. it's definitely a really good one to use as a stepping stone to finding yeah. your path whether that is to continue wicker and become a priestess or or yeah. whatever i'm not familiar with the term terminology of the different um initiative orders and mm. such but whether that's to keep going with that one or to branch out and become a hearth witch or a kitchen witch or a yeah. green witch or yeah. decide that you're going to go into comedic paganism and yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever else, it's very much a good kind of starting place because there's so much for it. It's very structured and it kind of gently pushes you out of the nest and be like, it's okay to not follow this exact order. Yeah. 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 You know. yeah. And also there's even a bit of history to it with it now. Yeah. As in written modern history. There's mm. history with all of them, but this is a direct line. So yeah. you go back to Gardner and there's yeah. actually something there, whereas for some of the others it's more reconstruction. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's less relevant or important. No. But but now we're getting to a point where we say, oh, there's like Wiccan history, yeah. a bit of Wiccan history that's like really accessible for people, which yeah. some people, that is really important for them. Yeah. Um, that is actually recognised as a religion in certain places of the world, mm. like America, whereas it's different, it's definitely different in other places, but yep. the closest that heathens can get is that the um, the heathen religion is not only recognised but also funded by tax the same way that the um, Christian religions are in Iceland. Uh, That's so, cool. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yes. So they've got temples to the old gods. They're, it's slowly becoming, I think it's slowly becoming the um, the state religion of Iceland again, um, which is great because Iceland nice, was... That is a nice thing, I yeah, think. I Iceland was nice one of thing. the last places to convert to Christianity and it was less of a forceful conversion and more of a here is our compromise of yep. we will all convert 
to Christianity as long as we're allowed to do whatever we want in our own homes. And they went, fine. Um, and to be able to kind of look at that and go, there's a land in the world that I can go and visit and I can see everything <laughs> and learn things. And it's the culture, it's basically... Built into the culture. Built into the culture. Built into the culture. I can go and look at that and, and find out. Yeah. the other people. And find inspiration from how they run their culture, how the culture mm. is influenced by the folklore, how it's influenced by the versatility of whether or, and the acceptance of you being either a Christian or a heathen, and it doesn't matter because mm. they're equally funded. Yeah. Like, whatever yeah. else it is, to be able to look at somewhere and go, here is a, even if it's just a case study, here is a case study of a place where this is woven into their culture, woven yeah. into their understanding of every day. I can study this. I can look at it and take inspiration and look at how they go about their every day and maybe put that into some of my own things yeah when you think about things like that i always think back to the indigenous people here and i always now think well that would be what they'd want and and that's what they lost yeah so it's i can the more i think about that now the more i'm understanding as i'm becoming a proper adult (laughs) (laughs) yeah into what they have lost and their their like why they feel the way they feel yeah and it's it's for me it's nice to have that understanding because when you're talking about it I'm like wow that is so great like I can so understand why you want to go there and just be there with that group of people who are like for want of a better term your people in inverted commas mm. and their whole culture is embedded with what you believe yeah the spiritual DNA is similar yeah that's just oh, takes my breath away kind of exciting yeah. yeah one day i will go to iceland and watch the northern lights and go and see all the things but yeah that's probably not going to happen for a while at least until i get a proper job it's one of these future names <laughs> we yeah. asked you about earlier. yeah yes. yeah that's yes. definitely one of them yes no i think just uh no that was really good thank you so much yes. for being thank willing you. to come and talk with us and, and being the first yeah so thank you for being the guinea pig that's it's great <laughs> and it's gone I'm, I'm all about experimentation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because, like, really one of our main focuses that we want is, like, on everyday people's witchcraft. You know? no. Yeah. So it's so good to to be able to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And just to kind of almost bring it back down to earth. Yeah. yeah. Normalise it a bit more. Yeah. What does other normal witch or pagan identifying person yeah. do with their lives around this topic? Like, Watch yeah. the craft a million times. Yes. And You're totally a witch if you do that. Right. Honorary. It's like, what do you do on a regular day? Um, get myself a cup of tea, sit down with my computer and watch The Addams Family from the 1960s. I have both seasons. Hashtag goals. Morticia Adams is hashtag goals. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Could she be any more amazing? I know, right? Alright, well, I think we might wrap it up. Um, we will. We will. We will. We've thanked Arden. We've done mm-hmm. that. Greatly. That's Hanny. And that's Lizzie. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye! Bye! This is the theme music that we will one day make. Okay.